everyone, and welcome to the Arthritis Action Podcast. My name is Mark. I'm the area coordinator for the charity and also your host. Uh, joining me today is Leah, who's our groups and events manager. Hi there. And also Terry, who is our member services manager. Hello. Excellent. Welcome both. Um, so before we get started, as, as this is the first episode, I wanted to explain a little bit about who we are. So Arthritis Action is a UK charity giving practical help to improve the quality of life of people affected by arthritis. So we offer an integrated self-management approach, which looks at both the physical and mental health impact of living with arthritis. So in each episode of this podcast, what we'll be doing is we'll be covering a different topic relating to life with arthritis, basically, and chatting to some of our members and some other experts about how to manage it better. So Today, we thought uh, to start us off, we would talk about planning and pacing. Pacing is one of the most important skills that anyone living with arthritis is going to need to learn. So once you have arthritis, there is a high chance that you're no longer going to be able to do everything that you used to do exactly the same as you used to do it. So in all likelihood, you're going to need to learn to pace your activities in order to live your, your life the way that you want to be able to. So the art of pacing is basically in a nutshell, it's kind of setting small but achievable goals and dividing the task into small chunks. Now, what that's going to look like is going to be really different for everyone because, as we all know, arthritis can affect everybody differently. So it's all about making sure that everything is your way and kind of like what's going to suit you best. I mean, I guess I'll, I'll put it over to you two as well. I mean, what, what do you think is sort of so important about pacing with arthritis? I think it's really important to remember that it takes a long time to learn and it's something where you have to really know what it is when, say, for example, if you're very busy and if you've, say, got lots of social appointments or you're working, I think, or you've got lots of things to do around the house, I think it's recognising that it's something that needs to be done, but also the process to get there to learn about pacing might be a bit of um, a trial and error process. So I think that's really important to remember. It's not always easy and it can be easier said than done at the same time. So I wouldn't be too hard on yourself if you can't quite get it down the first time. I think that's really important. It's about learning how much your um, your body can do and how much um, time you need to to rest as well. So that's really important. And uh, I'll just add add there that it's it's also important because we talk about exercise and, and keeping active is, is an important area of managing arthritis. But you have to pace in order to keep doing that physical activity and exercise. And, you know, we're not just talking about running a marathon, but, you know, things are, you know, being social, being able to work, you know, doing housework and all that. It's important to, to pace. So yesterday I spoke to a member of, of our charity and, she doesn't let arthritis defeat her in that she um she does she goes for walks and she she goes for long walks but then on the days where she knows she's done that long walk she might just do a little short walk into into the local town and then take it more easy so in order to do the keep being active it's important to to know how to how to pace that's one thing I've, I've definitely heard from sort of a lot of our members and sort of people who come to our groups is if they've if there's something that is going to be a big event or like if you've got something on that you know is going to be like a long day or even if it's an important one or going to be a physically ta- like taxing one, then the day before and the day after might then also be something you need to consider. So 
if you're like, you know, if you're going to go on holiday, you might actually want to rest completely the day beforehand, just to make sure that you're not exhausting yourself on day one. So even if it is a one day thing, you know, you, the day before it can be just as important and also the day afterwards as well. There has been some people I've spoken to where if they go to something, then they will need to have an additional day at the end of it. So like they're on holiday for two days, it needs to be a three day thing because they need that additional day to recover before they can go back to work because they're just going to be too wiped out afterwards because recovery becomes incredibly difficult for some people with arthritis. It's just, it's, it's not as it used to be like you have a nice rest and then you're fine. That nice rest might actually not be nearly enough and you might need a full day of recovery plus then another nice rest to get where you need to be again exactly and that's where you know planning comes in important with it come uh, becomes important with pacing mm. because you've got to say you're in you you're in employment and you and your job and you've got to plan for those additional days off just to pace yourself and it's yeah so you have to sort of not only think about your 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 physical activity but you've actually got to think about you know your your general day-to-day life and plan for that as well so what do, you, what do you think some of like the biggest challenges that people face with planning and pacing then i think it's letting other people know that you might need to do that so friends or family um it might be that you're not able to stay as long at an event or you might feel you need to go home early to recover or it might be traveling to um to something that might be difficult as well that that might take a lot of energy out of you and i think it's getting over that barrier and asking for help or support or not feeling bad that you need to say no or you've reached um the end of what you're able to do that day and you do need to go home and rest i think that's one um big challenge in particular particularly if you've not got friends maybe that have arthritis themselves or they just don't understand um how you're feeling and what you're going through because if you say say on a monday that you'll meet somebody on a friday you don't know how you'll be feeling that day so i think it's about being honest and open and i think that can be um quite difficult i think that comes with um a level of acceptance of having arthritis as well I think one big challenge is yourself as well. I think you 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 can be your own worst enemy because you want to do all of the things that you you want to do or you think you can do. Like Mark, we take I take you back to what your introduction and and you were saying that you know you you want to you have to learn to do um, what you used to do in a different way and and that's where pacing comes in so you you know that's I think yourself is is a, is a is a challenge being your own worst enemy but you know not and knowing you can't do all that you used to be able to do in one day but actually you know pace it out over you know over the week mm, yeah I think, I think that's a really good point and the fact that a lot of people do feel like they're they're failing if they don't do enough but you know your life is different after you've had arthritis so mm. you should instead of kicking yourself and not being able to do what you used to be able to do should that you kind of it's not it's easier said than done like of course it's, it's perfectly easy for me just to say this it's gonna be much harder for you to actually implement this but if you can sort of like switch the attitude to like instead of being annoyed at yourself and not having done what you did previously if you can instead then kind of start to you know, reward yourself and like celebrate the achievements of what you can now do like if you because it might you might be able to improve and like increase the amount of things that you can do through you know like doing it in small steps and gradually like you know starting off with a small goal and then like increasing and building upon it 
then being able to build yourself up. And, you know, maybe at some point you will be able to get back to what you used to be able to do, but it might be a long road and filled with adjustments that you have to do to do that. And it's important to celebrate those things as well. Cause I think that's something that doesn't get done enough is people just, you know, just in everyday life as well, just people not celebrating their own achievements enough, like trying to get out of that mindset of like, everything's not good enough. Like sometimes, you know, you should just be happy with what you have achieved. I completely agree with that. I think that's a really good point. One of uh, the best quotes that I've heard in the last couple of weeks, and I think it relates to pacing really well, is is don't be a hero. I think you have to accept how much you're able to do. And and we always, we want to take on things to help somebody else, or we want them to, we want to be nice to people. And that's completely fine. But I don't, we can't, that's not something we can do at our own detriment. And I think it's learning that and learning that other people will eventually be able to understand. And it's about finding enjoyment in the new things that you're able to do. I was speaking to somebody um, a couple of days ago and their biggest achievement was was walking to the post box. And that's huge if, if, you've, if you've been at home for a long time or you've not been able to leave your house and you finally found the energy to do that. I think we often look at achievements of having to be a really big thing, but really it can be something like that something that you've been struggling for for a long time even if it is to do with something around the house or just being in your in your local vicinity i yeah i think that's a really good thing and i like you said we don't definitely don't do that enough one thing i do want to come back to is something i think you said earlier on terry about like the difference between pacing and rest because we've mentioned both of them but i don't think we've really described kind of what the actual difference is between them and i'm sure that lots of people will know the answer to this but for those that don't who wants a crack at that one um i <laughs> <laughs> no i think it's it's knowing when you need like rest do you mean resting as in knowing when you need to do that and what that and what that entails yeah sure yeah i think I don't think we rest enough. I think I was talking to somebody the other day and they said they're always thinking about what's coming next, whether that's what they're going to have for dinner or when they're going to um, see some family or friends or things they've got to do around the house. And I think nothing needs to be done this instant. Nothing is probably urgent enough that you need to do it now. And your own well-being comes first. But I think recognising that and fully switching off um saying no to people is extremely difficult, but it's something we all need to learn how to do and and recognizing when we need that of knowing that if we if we carry on past a certain point, we're going to be exhausted for say the, the rest of the week. Whereas if we take time to rest, the impact of, of what we're doing will be a lot less. So it's learning that balance and it's a really fine line. Mm, I think yes. And then like when it comes to pacing as well like one good example i heard of pacing was like if your if your lawn takes two hours to mow then instead of doing it for two hours you'll just like completely exhaust yourself and you won't be able to so split it up into 20 minute chunks it doesn't mean you have to sit there completely still like resting and doing nothing for that like 20 other 20 minutes you could be doing something completely different do a different job so that way at least like you know the same muscles and joints that you're using to do that are then not being used constantly they're getting a rest while you're doing something else so you know it could be it could be anything like you go start making your dinner go do a different job in the garden go you know do something on your phone or your computer or whatever you could do that for 20 minutes instead then go back to it and then like so you kind of flip flopping between the two jobs but that way you're constantly doing things because i know a big concern a lot of people have is they don't have time to rest like because they've got too much stuff to do 
So yeah, so perhaps mm. you need to adjust how you rest rather like, I mean, it is important to have a complete rest, like as Leah was talking about, but I do think it is also, you know, you have to acknowledge that some people, sometimes people's lives don't allow for that, especially when it comes to, if you work, because I know this is something you two have mentioned to me loads of times, like some of the groups you've run. Yeah. I think that's completely right. And I think as well, it's remembering, say, if we're looking at, say, exercise and activity time, things that you've done around the house still count towards that, still count as movement time. So when it gets to the even, evening and you think, oh, gosh, I've got to do this 30 minutes exercise routine now, it's kind of taking into account everything you've done during the day. And movement and keeping active doesn't have to be it's not traditional exercise it doesn't have to be that it doesn't have to be doing an exercise class it's taking into account everything um throughout the day and something i always say is if people go swimming it's not just the the process of swimming and bit of being in the pool it's everything that it takes to get there and to get ready and to get back afterwards and before you you know it you're you might be looking at an hour and a half so it's not just the say the 30 minute mm. session of exercise it's it's making putting things into into manageable um chunks of time indeed and i was thinking about i was thinking about this as you you're all you you're both talking and i was thinking about pacing if you think about the olympics or long distance runners you always have those people at the start that are setting the pace so they're almost doing the same activity but a bit slower so the the ones that the, the elite athletes are going to use that to warm up and then and then go for it at the end you know so it's like almost as if you you pacing is you, you can do activity but do it do it in a in a slower way or as you say take that sort of time out in between whereas rest i think is sitting down putting your feet up not doing anything mm. whereas pacing is you're doing an activity but maybe not as much as you would like or um or maybe you walk a different distance or a, a shorter distance so it's doing the activity but not as as much as you might want yeah definitely that, that really reminds me of um an anecdote from um one of our members i've used loads in our groups for us but she has um Oh, this lady, she has a, a plug-in vacuum cleaner. So she like, whenever she, this is just, this is such a, like an interesting way of pacing that I absolutely love it. Uh, what she, it's like got a battery in it. So she plugs it in, charges it up and then does the hoovering. So she, when she's going around the house, the thing only lasts about 20 minutes because it's got an old battery in it. But that's perfect for her because then like after like 20, 30 minutes, whenever it lasts, it dies and she can't do anymore. So it forces her to stop. And she absolutely loves this because then she'll have to plug it back in a wall, wait another hour till it's charged up, and then she can do more hoovering. So if she had one that would just plug into the wall and you could, you know, with a cable or whatever, she would just do the whole house in one go and she wouldn't stop. And then she'd be exhausted after it. I just thought that was just such like an interesting way of pacing by like using her old battery that doesn't really last that long as a pacing device. It's just really interesting. Definitely. And I think that kind of leads on to things of things that can help you like gadgets and aids that can be really helpful in supporting pacing, particularly with cooking and gardening and, and cleaning and things that are going to make the activity easier rather than struggling on with something that might be painful for your hands or if you're finding it hard to kneel down. I think that's definitely some, it's something else that we need to think about is I need to pace to kind of 
waste my time and my energy, but how can I make that task easier so it's not as daunting when it comes to actually completing it? So at the same time, you're using less energy to do the same the same thing. One thing as well, I think is important to remember as well is to remember you can still do everything. It's, you know, we're not saying to stop doing stuff whenever it comes to this. I know a lot of people do get told like, yeah, you can't do that anymore. You got arthritis. Like, there may be some things that you physically can't do. Like, if you used to run marathons and then you get arthritis in your knees, there is a chance that you might not be running marathons anymore, or at least not as well. I don't know. Maybe you can do it. Maybe you're an absolute champ. You can get through that. But it's important to make sure you still are doing things and people don't give up. They just start to employ more things like pacing and more planning as well to make sure that they can do all of the things they want to do, but just do them a bit differently from how they used to. Mm, definitely. And I think it, it goes back to, or, or you use planning to think about your social life, for example, and you in a, in a group in, in, in the past, we've heard from uh, someone that's, that works, that wants to do the social activity so the work so she, she wants to go out with with her, her colleagues after work but in order to do that she can she felt she had to plan not to work that day so she had to take the day off as as holiday in order to to go out and enjoy a social life in the evening so it's 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 knowing that you can do these things but you have to plan for it and um and know that yeah you can you can still go out and in, and enjoy the activity that that you you enjoy doing. Yeah. So, um, having like us three, the three of us always talk a lot to our members, sort of throughout the charity. So, I was wondering, well, what are some of like the main questions that you guys get asked about pacing? For me, it's it's how do I do it? How can I get into the mindset of actually pacing? Because I'm always busy. There's people that that need me. I've commitments employment events i think that's the one question i get is so this is what pacing is but how can i how can i go about it mm. and i get a lot of um a lot of like parents ask well how do i how do i pace myself but yet run my household and it's difficult when people don't, or your family don't necessarily understand what you're going through. So how can you pace and not do the housework or cook dinner, for example, um, and um, and for for family to understand? And it's it's difficult. And, and in that instance, you just have to, you know, use tools to overcome that by maybe communicating you know and actually talking to friends talking to family about what you're going through and 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 what you need to do in order to 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 get through that and to actually you know do those do all those things all those tasks uh, in um and and help them understand maybe what what it is you need to do to to do that I was going to say, I think that's communication is definitely mm. key. We talk a lot about I statements and putting yourself in the center of, of communication. So, for example, if you were planning on meeting a friend for a walk, for example, but you don't feel able to go as as far as you maybe would have done or you felt like you as far as you said you would be going when you arranged it is not blaming them for it. So rather than saying, oh, you're going too fast for me, I can't keep up. It could be it's flipping that on its head to say, I I 
I need to take, I want to take it slower or I'm going to take a short break and I, I can come and meet you afterwards. It's, that's a lot less confrontational. And I think as well, that can help people understand what pacing is because you're saying you're expressing any limitations, but then you're also looking at say a more practical solution of how you can, how you can both benefit from that situation without blaming your friend or whoever you're with. Because I think most people we know have got our best intentions at heart and they want to help. But if we kind of alienate them and say it's that it's their fault, we can't do something. That's when things become difficult. The other flip side of it is I have had before people um, that I don't want to give up that activity. I don't want to slow down. I want to do all that I want to do at the same level that I was doing it before. And then instantly there's that barrier. There's that, that challenge. We talked about challenges the, the earlier and it's almost trying to communicate and trying to get across that. Actually you have to get past that and you almost have to, you know, use that phrase. You've got to sort of mourn, get over that, you know, that life, try and say, right, I could do that, but, I used to be able to do that, but I can no longer do that. But I can, I can do that activity, but in a different way, or in a in a in a in a more broken up way, and 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 you know, planning those those stages where you can rest, and it's trying to get get, get trying to get that across to p- the public and and our members, and that's sort of the the questions that I get asked as well. Excellent. Cool. There's one, there's one other thing that actually we haven't really touched upon yet, actually. So we've done, we keep talking about like, you know, obviously about planning and pacing and how to avoid problems and things like that. But the thing is you are, the, these days are still going to exist when like a flare up mm. happens. So you've also got to plan for those as well. So there are going to be days for a lot of people where they're just going to be a write off. No matter what they do, that day is, is kind of like void. You're not going to get anything done for it. All that's left to do is rest on that day. Mm. So I think it's important to plan for those as well. Definitely. One of the easiest things to do would just be to fully in, in like, you know, embrace it. Like when just whenever you don't feel well, like yeah, eat some ice cream or some chocolate or just like slob out on the sofa and have a day like that and fully embrace it. But problem is depending on how much you flare up that could then become a bit of a problem for like your health if you're eating junk food several days a week all day because trying to make yourself feel better there's also like the you've got to start to plan like yeah it's not like just being ill as a one-off where you can you can do that this is going to be a regular thing you've got to start planning this more into your life and how how am i going to deal with these like you know, on a regular basis. So, like, you know, do you need to start batch cooking and freezing loads of stuff? Like, that's one that we found has been really helpful with some people, like because you still want to eat a healthy, nutritious meal or something like that. But and this works even for just like again, just for pacing in general. If you've got a bunch of stuff frozen in your freezer, you just stick it in a microwave and your meal's done. Like, you don't have to put any effort into this whatsoever. So, like, maybe like you know, utilizing those days when you're full of beans. And then, you know, make yourself, you know, do a big, a nice, easy meal. that's like big batch cook, freeze half of it. And then like, you're good to go on those days when you don't have the ability to do things. Yeah, I think that's completely right. And I think as well, it's, for example, things where if you are experiencing a flare up, things like brushing your teeth, getting ready or having a shower. I was speaking to somebody and she said, even if she only 
does is manages to say brush her hair for 15 seconds that's she knows that she's done something and I think actually looking at the really minute details of how long to spend on something to really try your best to get to that point and then you know where your limits are it's kind of giving something a go and seeing how you get on rather than putting too much pressure on yourself that you need to spend however long washing or brushing your hair it's doing the bare minimum to kind of keep yourself feeling well during during that time exactly and i was thinking that about a a survival kit right mm. if you were going to a desert island you know of what would you ha- take with you and it's like when you you have to plan for that right and you think well what do i need in my kit well let's pack a book because i can sit down i can rest i can read a book you know, I can let's look on the arthritis action website and go through those uh, distraction techniques. You know, those deep breathing exercises, the visualization to distract you from uh, that flare up or that that pain you're experiencing. Let's do the batch cooking and keep those in the freezer. Actually, let's let's prepare my friends and family and say there might be a day where. I'm going to have a flare up and I might need some help. Is it okay to call on you that day and just say, can you come and maybe just buzz my dinner in the microwave? Do you know, and it's things like that, having that survival kit and, you know, ticking stuff off and, and, and preparing practically for that, you know, chuck a chocolate bar in that survival kit. That's okay. You know, or some fruit, do you know what I mean? And it's having that, that, you know, almost like an overnight bag to prepare for that day. Love it. Absolutely love it. Me too. That's great. <laughs> although, the, yeah, although the one thing we should, there's another thing I did want to bring up today as well at one point was alcohol. So again, that probably shouldn't be part of your flare up kit, admittedly. <laughs> However, you might want to fill up kit for that. Exactly. So again, like it's another thing that, you know, will happen. We all like, we've all had a drink at some point and again, just planning in those days, making sure that you can do all these things obviously with alcohol, depending if you're on medication or anything like that, you do want to talk to your doctor, you know, find out from them what you can and can't do when it comes to alcohol. But again, it does come with that social life, you know, especially in Mm. Britain, a large part of social culture is through pubs where we are quite the drinking nation. So it is something that's going to have to be considered, you know, how much can you take? And then is that also something that will be planned into your, like if you're going out for a night out, do you know what kind of what your limit is? It sounds a little bit like, you know, I'm being your dad, but <laughs> it is just like, you know, know, know what your limits are. So that way you can enjoy your evening kind of to the fullest without having too much of a detriment the following day. Mm. Mm. Definitely. And the, the other, the other side is it, well, I've spoken to members before who can't drink alcohol or mm. drink wine because they've, re- they've in their words suffered for two weeks afterwards with their body reacting and that so they've learned that but actually if you if you um you know with with the medication yes you have to be careful speak to your gp speak to the doctors they're the experts and also if you're going out you might be going well going to a pub or a restaurant and then you've got food that comes into into account and food is a big one of the big questions we get is what can i eat or what can't eat and um you know, that's where we've got an excellent resource on our website. Um, you know, our members can speak to our, our dietitian about that side of things. But it's 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 knowing what you can eat through, you know, doing food diaries and stuff like that and what you can drink and actually being honest with people and just saying, look, you know, I'd love to come out. Uh, I might only be on tap water tonight. 
but that's fine because I'm going to be a cheap round for you. <laughs> Excellent. Cool. Um, right. So I suppose it's probably, as you mentioned just then, Terry, it'd be a good thing to let people know is about what kind of services we have available for them to let them, yeah, what, how can they follow? What more stuff can we give them and what more can we do for them? Yeah, so I'll split this into what's what's on our generic on our website, so open to, to everyone. So there's excellent resources, fact sheets, information on uh, exercise, on diet, on planning, pacing. Uh, there are uh, videos on our online self-management resource uh, that you can that you can view. Uh, there are exercises on there for uh, for distraction techniques like deep breathing, visualization, um, muscle relaxation. And then we've got our membership side. So as a membership charity, um, we our members can access diet consultations. Uh, they can uh, access our subsidized treatments with a local physiotherapist or osteopath. Um, arthritis Action pays uh, £30 towards each of the two subsidized treatments each year of membership. We've got our personalized member pathway, which is more of a hands-on supportive service and our connect service where members can receive a phone call from another member as a um, yeah just to share hints and tips and uh, experiences um so yeah all of the information is on our on our website and the address for that is www.arthritisaction.org.uk excellent thank you very much and should anyone want to send an email or you've got a question or something you'd like us to talk about on the podcast you can send us an email at podcast at arthritisaction.org.uk well thank you very much thank you leah thank you terry thank you thank you and we'll speak to you all next time cheers bye-bye